everybody. Welcome to Tales of the Kayfabe. I'm Kevin. I'm Jack. I'm Matt. Hi. Hi. Hey. Hey. Uh, today on the show we have uh, uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly. I'm talking about characters. Oh, here. I thought you were talking about me, you, and Matt. I'm which ugly. One is which? I'm I was going to say, I let the listeners decide oh, who not. they want Matt, is to be ugly. each. But you're I'm beautiful not. on the inside. No. No. <laughs> not there either? <laughs> no. It just rotted all the way it's through. Just, just yeah. straight rot? Yeah. It's just mold and like um, something real just, gross. Today on the show, we find out Matt's a garbage person. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> It's just a bag of garbage that gains sentience. Yeah, yeah. I'm You've just, never seen us. I'm banana peels and like old, uh, old milk cartons all the way through. <laughs> that's, that's all it is. Uh, no, we love you, Matt. Come here, give me a hug. No hugs. No. Oh. Um. <laughs> no, I, I, I have a couple though. I have a, I have a couple of those examples. So first, actually, I want to talk about this is a mini good, the bad, and the ugly. Uh. Lots going on in women's wrestling right now. Uh, the good, they have the May Young Classic going on. Oh, cool. Yes, named after the lady that gave birth to yep, the, the hand. hand. A hand. Uh, but she, you know, she was a legend and she wrestled men back in the 50s because there was no other right. women to wrestle. And uh, at least not a whole lot. And so she was just this legend. So they named the whole tournament after her. Um, they did. A cruiserweight classic last summer of smaller dudes, and that went over well. And so they go, okay, let's have the May Young Classic. Uh, they did things a little different. They're they're making it more bingeable, like they they uh, just released four episodes at a time. Oh, uh, okay. Oh, okay. Uh, and then next week, well, this week, are they just releasing it on the network? Yeah, on the network, four at a time, and then uh, then that's gonna. The finale is going to be live. So whenever they do something like that, mm-hmm. do they do they uh, record those in different locations, or do they no. record it in the same place, like all four episodes, all in the same all spot? All four episodes, right next to their. Uh, they kind of have a mini, if you want to call it an arena, uh, mini arena in uh, in full sa- at Full Sail University. In Florida? In Florida. Okay. Uh, that's <laughs> Triple H cut some deal years ago. I mean, this is good to talk about. Triple H uh, pitched to Vince McMahon. He goes, hey, we need to start focusing on getting our uh, training camps together and our he goes, and basically our minor league systems, if you will, if you're right. in baseball lingo. Uh, he goes, we need to focus on the future of wrestlers. And and he's like, uh, yeah, what are you talking about? So basically he said, yeah, we'll put some money up to build something. And he cut a deal with Full Sail University to have a performance center on campus. Mm, okay. And uh, it's kind of near the campus. I think right. the land is owned by Full Sail, but the facility is owned by WWE. It's like some sort of conjuncture, but they also it's easy to train cameramen that way because right. that's what the yeah. university is. So it, yeah. they do bring some people in because it is a little different filming that than filming a TV show. I, as a video person, I watch wrestling and I'm like, man, 
I want to do that because it's so interesting, like mm-hmm. camera wise. And you gotta zoom in at certain yes. times. Yeah, and, yeah. Like zoom in at, on the impact. Like I and shake the cam at the right. Yeah. Time. To me, it's very similar to even what I do with tech at the shop. Of like, gotta know when to if give them a light cue or like. Right. You're, and, you're, and you know, you there's no planning for it. You just kind of have to feel it. Yeah, for for them, I mean, the the camera is almost a character, right? You know, like you said, I mean, it's yeah. it's 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 acting. It's acting as a point of view that is is now amplifying thought, the experience. I just now thought I know a guy that works the steady cam for WWE events sometimes. You mentioned that yeah, to yeah, me before. Yeah. I, I, we should talk to him. Ask him these questions. <laughs> I just thought about that. I was like, I know the way him. you talk about it. Like it seems like sometimes the wrestlers are planning their spots right before they go on, well, or okay. changing some stuff up. Sometimes, sometimes yes and no. But like to me, from what I've heard from you, correct me if I'm wrong. It's like they know kind of the big spots and whatever, but like the fill in stuff is not improvised but it's really only talked out it's not like rehearsed um, it's called on the spot right so if you ever see them putting the other person in a headlock they're really saying all right irish whip into a clothesline and then from there i'm gonna stomp on your kidneys or whatever <laughs> right <laughs> i don't know there's probably a name for that yeah kidney buster <laughs> Kidney, this is is the old kidney stomp. Um, But really, that's what they're saying, right? And I, uh, Steve Austin talks about that a lot because he said he was primarily the guy that called the spots because he was bad at listening, and the other person would have to Uh, speak louder, and he because he would go what, and and after like the second what, he's like. There was one time, like, the guy in the first row, he, was, he said an Irish whip into a clothesline. <laughs> He's like, oh, well. <laughs> so, so like, he, he mostly called all the spots on his, and that's why he was kind of a general in the ring. And right. Then, uh, there's a bunch of people that do that, but. I'm just saying, though, like, He's, to keep up with that. As the camera person, yeah, is yeah. and there's a lot an of interesting stuff that, like, thing. Like, ha- I mean, a lot of stuff has to happen impromptu. Like, you can't you can't just like rest on your laurels while you're doing that job well, if you're a camera person. I well, mean, well, perfect example is uh, McMahon somehow got someone in to train. It's probably this guy, the producer uh, uh, Kevin Dunn's his name. He he got this guy in to train all the cameraman cameramen and some of those guys have been working there forever forever and like they're loyal to them uh but he he has them like just they know how to catch stuff and and if one person's not there the other one's there they just kind of have it all down uh and they have enough cameras to catch things but they also train the wrestlers how how to uh, get a camera on you. Yeah. I, I before I go into that, uh, the we were talking last time about this Fourth uh, of July uh, New Japan special. Mm-hmm. It's obvious they got a crew here in America because they didn't want to bring their guys over from Japan. 
the crew did not know how to shoot wrestling and there was a bunch of head scratching like hammer angles and there was it was just like okay and the editing was a little off sometimes and JR was JR (laughs) 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 like it was a good the wrestling was great but the production value was a little low and uh and New Japan's known for their production value. No, I mean, well, they're not. Well, they're, well, their shows are huge and shows crazy. Shows are huge, but their production... They're, mo- they're most known for their fighting. If you want to talk about production value, that's WWE. Okay, you're talking about specifically like camera stuff and like... Camera, camera stuff okay. or even presentation, really. Okay. Uh, WWE has bright lights on their wrestlers. The ring looks like a clean plate. and It's got that... Yeah, writing white brightness to it. Japan, it's all blue on the inside. There's even advertisements on on the mat. Um, mm. the, the the production's just a little light. It's it's a little light over there, but they still have a really good product because they focus more on the wrestling and less on the production side. But. Their camera angles, I don't mind over there, but when they came over here, it's like they had a crew that didn't know how to shoot. Right. And they just didn't. What I will... Speaking of New Japan... Um, We're way off. I know. I'm going back. I'm going back. But speaking of New Japan, uh, we were talking about how they know how to do camera angles. Uh, when Finn Balor first came over from Japan, he had been wrestling there for years and years and years. Uh they were teaching him, okay, when you come down here, you're looking at this camera. This camera's going to be here. And when you do this move, this camera's here. And he trained with Triple H himself all day, one day. And at the end of the day, he's just, like, staring down at the ring, like, just like, what? And Triple H goes, what's going on? He goes, I've wrestled for eight years in Japan. He goes, I've never had to do this with camera angles or anything. And it's like, I'm not, he's like, I'm not complaining. I just thought like, man, I never thought of any of this. And like Triple H really respected that. And he's like, well, you, and he's like, is there a problem? He goes, no, no, I'm doing all this. He goes, I just, right. goes, it just took me by surprise. And he's like, oh, cool. Okay. And like, he's like, <laughs> he basically said, yeah, this is, you're playing for my team. You're going to play them by my play." And that's about it. And they have coaches that they have a coach after every match that will say, good job, good job. The camera couldn't see you on this angle. So when you go over here, you got to move over to this way. So there's so much going on that, in their heads. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's insane. Yeah. That's a dance at but that they're, point. They're really, yeah. yeah, they're really particular. WWE is very, very sharp on catching on you catching the camera. The 90s were a little different. Stone Cold said he just used to go up on the rope, go to a rope, see a camera, drag a guy over there, do the move that way. <laughs> like, he would just make sure WCW was shit with cameras. Anyway, I digress. So that was the no. short good. No, no, no. The good was May Young Tournament is awesome. I'm almost done with it. I'm seven episodes in. Uh it looks like they might bring Ronda Rousey into the WWE. That along, could be fun. Along with, so one of the uh, women that are that's competing in the May Young tournament, and as, as far as I've watched, uh, has won every match, and is a force to be reckoned with, and, and could be like the big intimidator of all women's wrestling. Uh, 
I forget her name. Damn it. She's one of the four horsewomen okay. of, of the of of MMA, of UFC, basically. Oh. There's four women that they called the horsewomen. And uh, Ronda Rousey was basically the leader of that. WWE has the four horsewomen as well. By the way, if I haven't talked about this, a big faction in the 80s was the four horsemen. Yeah. 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 And it... I just... I, it came up when I looked for the four, four horsewomen, which misogyny. Well, but... Rick, Fla- Rick Flair was the leader of the four horsemen. He was one of the misogyny. big players. He was it was one... Rick Flair, Arn Anderson, and yes, Ol- the enforcer. Uh, Ole Anderson, Oli, Oli, and yeah. Tully Blanchard. Tully Blanchard. Yeah, uh, which uh, his uh, Tully Blanchard's daughter is competing in this tournament as well, Tessa Blanchard, uh, but. The Four Horse Women, if you can find that. Um, uh, let's see. The, it's... the WWE Four Horse Women, Charlotte Flair is the leader. Yeah. It's Charlotte, Sasha Banks, Bailey, and uh, Becky Lynch. So the one you were talking about, I guess, was probably mm-hmm. Shayna uh, Baszler? Shayna Baszler, yes. Shayna Baszler uh, is killing it in this tournament, and so her Four Horse Women were the other three were rooting her on and they're slowly starting to build stuff there like like they put them on both sides of the aisle and they were just like looking at each other like the other four horsewomen and the other four horsewomen are just looking at each other and they even filmed the thing where they walk up during an interview and ronda rousey just goes you name the time you name the place oh man nice. and everyone's going what is happening here like if they could bring in all four of the mma women just for if they can some even though the four horsewomen of the WWE are on different brands. If they could just work it out for a WrestleMania, where, <laughs> right? Where that that would be awesome. That would be amazing. Uh, I don't know who would win in that situation because you don't want to bury your own talent. But yeah, uh, but it's very very cool stuff going there. Uh, very very cool stuff. All different types of women from all around the world that are competing in the May Young Classic. Uh, in- Including, uh, yeah, they're just Inclu- all different in- styles. Including the hand? Well, she's not there. The she's, hand's not there? She's been dead. Oh, okay. Yeah, Mae Young is... She died about... What about, the, what about the hand? The, well, the hand's... He's in college. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's working on his PhD yeah. in mathematics. Well, he's not there yet. He's still... <laughs> Yeah, he, he, he's he, still an undergrad. He's about twenty at this point. He was special. Okay, he was special, and he <laughs> he he made it. Um, so <laughs> so that's the good, very good stuff. Now uh, we go to Mexico for the bad and the ugly. Oh, uh, uh, so Triple A wrestling in Mexico who also is part of Lucha Underground, so both of these uh, women that I'm talking about are also on Lucha Underground. Uh, one's name is Taya, and she won the championship down there. Uh, and Taya had the championship, had this great match. This guy uh, named Vampiro, who's like the talent re- relation guy, comes out and congratulates her on the match and says, good job. And she's like, "What? why did he do that? That's real weird. Anyway... This was a couple months ago. She she uh, wins that, 
goes to New York for Comic-Con and gets hit by a drunk driver. Oh, fuck. Now, she's kind of okay, but the doctors said because of this and this, uh, no wrestling for like a month. And so she's out for a month, and she told them that, like, okay, we're glad you're fine and everything. Right. So she has a championship. Her husband, Johnny Mundo, or husband-to-be, I guess, fiancé Johnny Mundo. Uh, yep, that's the word for that. Husband-to-be. I like it better. <laughs> I like it better. Her fiancé Ke- knows. Kevin likes saying things longer. He Pre-husband. <laughs> her her fiancé Knowles is... God damn it. <laughs> it, it he's, he goes down for something, and uh, right before he left, they said, hey, can you bring can he bring your title so we can get some pictures with it backstage and stuff? And she goes, oh, yeah, sure. Didn't think anything of it. Oh, they just... He gives him the title, and they would not let him leave with it. And she... He comes back, he goes, no, they said they had to keep it for something, and... She's like, what? And she texts the uh, guy in the middle of the night, and the guy that owns it goes, oh, uh, he goes, oh, it's fine. Like, we just needed it for something. She's like, okay. And then the next morning on Twitter, they announce uh, she's been stripped of the title. What? And without letting her know, she'd been stripped of the title. Vampiro was the one that announces it. And says it's because she had an illegal move that she used to win the title in a no disqualification match. Right. Which even you guys not being that experienced on wrestling, no, uh, that's not possible. Right. Mm-hmm. And so she's like, wrestling fans aren't that dumb. What's going on here? And so she asked them, like, well, we needed it to be defended and blah, blah. And she's like, I'm going to be back in two weeks. (laughs) Yeah, right. Like, (laughs) Like, I'm I'm back in two weeks. And they're like, well, we just needed it for something. And she's like, what the hell? And so she took to Twitter. And she's like, like, look, they stripped me of this. They shouldn't have. Vampiro did this. And then Vampiro wrote some nasty things. And then Johnny Mundo gets involved. And he's never started a beef with anyone. Uh, But it, it became a whole thing. Almost all the tweets got deleted. Uh, and then Vampiro apologized in person, but she's just like... I'm, yeah, it's still a little too late, bud. She's just like, I'm done with this whole... <laughs> and the thing is, she, in an interview, brought this up. Uh, and it's true. All of her friends that were wrestling, men and women, uh, have all left the company. Uh, Pentagon Jr. Yeah. was one of them, left the company. Phoenix was one, left the company. Didn't uh, – it was the, the the main the main guy, right? Because you're talking about – Rey Mysterio? No, no, no. Um, The guy who was like the leopard. Didn't – didn't wasn't – didn't he leave and like uh, – Ricochet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Prince Puma, yeah. R- Ricochet uh... – Because they were building him up right through the the same time period he's wanting to leave lucha underground and they can't yeah there's a whole thing there right but, uh yeah basically he's leaving a bunch of people are just leaving because they've had enough right heavy ricochet is leaving because he knows wwe wants him and he he wants to go there and he'll do anything to get there uh of course wwe wants him either for nxt or something anyway 
he already lives in Orlando for that reason. He's getting the, he's, <laughs> he's that he's ready. training right now. He, he's that ready. <laughs> but uh, but yeah. So so uh, they they're doing the. She's like, all my friends left, and then when they found out, they're just like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah we we told you something was going on, and there's a lot of like they're not getting paid for certain. Apparently, they owe. They owe Rey Mysterio a laundry list oh. of money, and they're like not getting paid for certain things, and it's just poorly run, from what it sounds like. Triple mm-hmm. uh, A now, uh, it's kind of so. Was was that the bad or the ugly? That was the bad. That was the bad. <laughs> okay, that was the bad. Oh, oh no. Um, the ugly. So. And it kind of transitions uh, because now they put this uh, women's title up for up for like they have a tournament or something, and this uh, woman named Sexy Star wins it. She's on. Lucha Is this the ugly now? Yes. Okay. She's uh, oh, Lucha. I've seen, yeah. She was. Yeah. In, yeah, I remember her from. She's Lucha on Lucha Underground and actually won the Lucha Underground title at one time. Uh, so she is good. I'm not saying she's not good. Here's where it gets ugly. Uh, they have their kind of WrestleMania called Triple A Mania or something like that, and uh, it's supposed to be this big event. She, uh, they have a fatal four way for the title, uh, for the women's title, and they're going like uh, she was gonna win anyways, but it is supposed to end with a submission, mm. um, like an armbar, I believe. And she actually breaks the person's arm. She does? Yes. Oh. And not on accident from what it sounds like. Oh. Like, it sounds like she puts a person in the arm bar. The person doesn't even fake the fake the tap, tap, tap. Like, it doesn't even do like the, oh, should I? They just, like, start tapping immediately. The ref's trying to get her off her. She's holding it. And everyone knows what just happened. Uh, so she oh. shot on her. Oh man, she shot on her bad, and now like sexy star says, oh well, she shot on me earlier in the match, so so I shot on her, and like, but you broke her arm, Rah. and oh. yeah, <laughs> and, and so there's a whole controversy going down there. I will. The only thing I can expand on that, which uh, is. Chris Jericho. I was quoting a lot of uh, the interview from Taya that Chris Jericho had on his show, and Chris Jericho uh, said, like after it, he he said this was recorded before that happened. He goes, "I heard she shot on someone else. If that's true, sexy star, you're a sexy piece of shit." <laughs> and he, he's like, Aww. "You're never welcome on this show." <laughs> wow. He's like. He's like uh, you should never shoot on someone because in wrestling you're literally trusting your body with someone else. Right. That and is all based on trust. And from the most part, what you hear of if shooting does happen in the ring, it's never to that extent. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people really put people in sleeper holds. <laughs> oh god. Uh, <laughs> but they get they're all right after it they're fine they didn't break their arm they can still work the next day uh i just heard that shane mcmahon uh 
Shane McMahon actually punched The Undertaker a couple times and then ran out of the building and then went up to The Undertaker after the match and goes, hey, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry I did that. And just, just lifted his chin and pointed and Undertaker goes, no, you'll get yours. <laughs> and during and, and apparently he said that a couple times to people if they've hit him and, and during the uh, during the famous uh, cage match that they had Hell in a Cell that they mm-hmm. had um, apparently Undertaker just like they were in kind of like a sleeper hold position or, or like on the mat he just came over and bear clawed him right across the face just and you could see the next day Shane McMahon had a black eye Uh. a black eye and blood vessel was broken or something like you could tell those are fine and kind of funny because it's like A Shane knew something was coming he didn't know when Right. right, he didn't know when but he knew okay I deserve that and I've also heard people like people say like uh, if someone if someone was like young in the business and they were kind of being like either disrespectful or something like I heard one where you'd, you'd shoot on them and they kind of teach him a little, a little bit of manners a little bit like uh, well you you see, told you, you told that story about the guy who uh, said my uncle says hello and apparently there was some rib going on there and then he and yeah then get in the ring and he goes all the air left out of the arena <laughs> yeah. and and he goes I was about to die and the guy just goes tell your uncle I said hello back and they dropped him <laughs> and then after that he was like thank you sir like so those they scare the people more those right. are shoots that scare and there's been punches here that people really shot on people I'm sure there was they were pretty stiff uh, Matt Hardy and Edge when there was the adultery thing going on well you, you I mean we brought up uh, Hardcore Holly a few times and the, yeah, he's, he's a piece of shit. Yeah, it but, sounds like he's. It sounds like he's hold on. Really Brad Lesnar shot on him, and he's like still champion. So I don't know what happened there. It was just he was being a dick, and he just dropped him on his head, which is a piece of shit move. Yeah. Uh, but he was leaving the company anyway. I think. Well, no, he wasn't. Anyway, we. I don't really know what happened there, but. Uh, yeah, so that's the ugly part of it. Going back to kind of the bad part of it, I was reading. Mm-hmm. I'm reading an article yeah. right now because I'm out of this. Uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> I was looking up how to spell names. Uh, I'm the bad <laughs> in this situation, but apparently, so after all of this stuff with uh, Valkyrie. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, like, her name is Taya Valkyrie. Taya Valkyrie. Um, so when they were like, hey, we need the belt. Can you bring it mm-hmm. down here? Um, and then it was basically like the next day AAA announced that the title was yeah. vacated. Um, stated again, like you said, but it said in Monterey, uh, Vampiro. Yeah. Um, Vampiro. Vampiro. Vampiro an- announced to the live crowd that Valkyrie did not show up to defend her title, even though the truth is she was never booked or scheduled to appear in Monterey yes. anyway because of the neck injury. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's... Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. It, and apparently, also, uh, it says it is possible that AAA would have asked Taya to drop the title at June 19th taping, but Valkyrie was unable to be on that show due to her neck injury. Um, and then it is unknown whether Mundo will actually return to AAA to oh, lose his not. titles. They're both out. Because he has titles, and he left they, with them. They, they both left, and uh, they're both basically now at... Uh, so wait, Johnny Mundo walked away with titles? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and not only did they walk away, since uh, since Valkyrie had enough name from Lucha Underground, and Johnny Mundo still has enough name from both WWE and Lucha Underground... Uh, who knows what he's going as now? Because Mundo's owned by Underground, by Underground John, probably John Higginbottom. I don't know. Uh, he's got a real name that I guess he'll go under. But uh, his now... real name was like John Morrison. No, no, that's that that's his uh, that that's his WWE name. Okay, John Morrison was his WWE. John name. Randall Hinnigan. Hinnigan. John Hennigan, he might be going as... I like Higginbottom better. Higginbottom's better. But uh, he might be going as because uh, he's now in what used to be TNA. It's now called Global Force Wrestling. Impact Wrestling. Right. So he's now on, like, another brand, and they seem to like him there. They've had controversy, too. Oh, God. Just get someone hire an accountant. Come on, people. Well, no, that it's not that. <laughs> I will one, say so. They they did have some controversy because yes, they did have like bounce checks and mm. uh, Billy Corgan was a a co owner of the company because they didn't have enough money for the trucks on the road or something, and so he bought the trucks or something and became a co owner and then they said nope you're not really a co-owner and he got they duped him out of his money that's Uh, such a this is impact impact this was this was about almost a year ago but uh but yeah they duped him out of his money they even made him president they did make him president and he was pretty much in charge of a lot of the entertainment that's when it was getting better you saw a pulse over there right because for a while you're just like okay this is dead i couldn't watch it but then there was a pulse, and the Hardys were doing their thing. It was it was getting better, and then uh, they were picking up some people that got released from the WWE and actually doing stuff with them. And then they go, and then they go. Well, no, he doesn't really own the company. We're selling it to this other company, and uh, because Dixie Carter is horrible with checkbook, and her family who has a bunch of money from I don't even know where. Uh, we're like, yeah, we're done paying. <laughs> like, this is a failing product. We're done paying. And so they were just like, oh, what do we do? Okay. And <laughs> and uh, and they sold it, and they basically shooed him out and screwed him out of his money. And that's when a lot of their wrestlers left. Right. Because they're like... Yeah, we're good. Like, uh, there's, a, there's a lot more ugly in this. There's a lot there's, more. There's a lot more. <laughs> well, the Hardys have said, both of them have said, we would not go back to the WWE if Billy Corgan was still in that company. Mm. They're like, if he owned the company, we would have we would have stayed there. And a couple other uh, 
Drew McIntyre said that. There's a couple other yeah. people that they were, were doing like, a lot of fun stuff because that was because that whenever they were doing they yeah. were doing those shows and and stuff and that's whenever you got me into it. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is fun. Like they're, yeah, they're they doing were doing a lot of fun. They were doing cool stuff. fun stuff and and Billy Corgan's a creative dude. Of course he is. Like yeah. you can't right. you you can't be that big of an artist and not be creative. And he just wanted like. Uh, the Hardys really respected that because unlike a suit that would be like, do it like this, and like, no, we want to do this, he would be more like, wouldn't it be cool if we added this thing? And they're like, yeah, it would be. What? <laughs> we can do that? He's like, yeah, let's do that. And this is a guy that's like, let's get, to be- let's get Bodie out here and yeah. hide behind Bodie. <laughs> so, so that's why the second, the second uh, final deletion, Deleter the Decay, was pretty good and watchable because he was. He was in charge of like, what if we take him to? What do you want to do? Well, let, let's just kind of have a introduction. Like, what if we go to a petting zoo? Like, hell yeah, let's go to a petting zoo. <laughs> like, let's get a llama. <laughs> they do. They, I know. I know. I, I watched they that one. Giraffe, I was like, kangaroo like, and spider monkeys. Yeah, and he was talking all that sh- that stuff. He was talking about the spider monkeys, man. And he was just like the, the hardy. These are not old souls because are, they are spider monkeys. Spider monkeys. <laughs> Spider monkeys are new one. souls. I don't know. Yeah, it was just crazy. It was batshit crazy. crazy. It was so fun. A lot of that stuff was just kind of, and they even have a little uh, Easter egg in there that says, "Oh yeah, like Billy Corgan produced it because someone turns on a radio and the first thing they hear is Smashing Pumpkins. Yeah. And they just yeah. go, ugh, and they turn on the radio. <laughs> yeah, like that was it. Like so, he has a sense of humor, of course. Right. So they, but he basically. They kicked him out. There's a whole lot going on there. The controversy, though, is when they changed their name to Global Force Wrestling, the first... Did you draw me, Youngs? No, no, no. I draw... He drew the hand graduating. He's graduating. The hand's graduating. Matt just drew the hand graduating this entire time I've been talking. (laughs) All right, so the ugly... I'm glad we we focused more on this because uh, the other ones... There's one that's really ugly coming up that I don't really want to cover much. Uh, well, let's do it. Good, bad, ugly again. Okay, real quick, uh, a controversy that's going on in Global Force Wrestling now, and I'm glad they changed it to Global Force Wrestling instead of TNA because that was dumb. Uh, Global Force Wrestling, uh, they crowned a champion, Alberto Patron, I believe he called himself, formerly Alberto Del Rio, who is dating the wrestler Paige. And oh yeah, she was... recently had some issues with photography, right? Oh, she did. Yeah, some photos got leaked, but that's not what I was talking oh, about. Oh, this the... is a different one. Okay. Yeah, uh apparently she was at an airport and uh she was accusing abuse by Alberto Patron. Oh. And saying get away from me, you've been abusing me too long, blah blah. blah. And then she kind of like said, "No, the, these rumors aren't true." There, someone recorded audio of it, and then her family started coming out like, "Yes, it's true. She's being brainwashed. She needs to blah blah blah, all this stuff." Man. And so they went kind of silent for a second to be like, "Okay, we need," and they just said, "Okay, we're gonna investigate this," and then eventually stripped him of the title. And kicked him out. Well, good. Yeah. Well, good. good for them. <laughs> good. They waited I mean, to see how what the police report would come, but they just right. didn't book him on anything. He was still the champion, but they just didn't book him. But like that literally happened after, after like 
three weeks after. Oh man, he won the title, and he was the first ever under the new name of Global Force Wrestling. Right. So it's like, oh crap. <laughs> uh, all right. So yeah, that that's the controversy going on over there. Now, I got a couple characters I want to I want to go over. And let's let's get the bad and the ugly out first. Okay. And end on a good note. End on a good note. Okay. Alright, so the bad is and I might have brought this guy up, a wrestler named Brutus the Barber Beefcake. Oh, I remember Brutus. Just because I think his gimmick was bad. So he was uh, (laughs) a Brutus the Barber Beefcake was uh, a wrestler in the eighties. Uh, he was. You didn't like his shears. He had shears. We'll get to that. Okay. All right. So he he was originally, of course, Brutus Beefcake. Of course, Brutus Beefcake. Obviously, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, and so he was he was doing okay. He didn't really have much of a gimmick. He was just this big guy that wore like leopard print suits perfect. and <laughs> and would come out. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Why not? Uh, I mean, makes sense. He was on a a tag team called the Dream Team uh, with uh, Johnny Valiant. I don't don't, manage by Johnny Valiant. Anyway, uh, so what are you, me reading off the internet? Yes, I am. You reading off the internet? Go eat a a cow. Just eat a cow. I mean, my hand looks like the hamburger helper guy with a hat. (laughs) So. (laughs) <laughs> you see he, does. Looks, he does look like a hamburger helper guy with a hat. this is great podcast material this we're talking about <laughs> he's wearing picture he's you're he reading take, you're reading yeah but you, this is visual this no, is visual look, i'll describe he's got a he's got a button-up shirt on uh, i but, think you described well enough he yeah, looks like the hamburger helper guy with a graduation cap and gown and he's okay. happy okay Going back to this. I don't get the black background behind him totally. I messed up and I had to get, because I'm using a pen. So is he just graduating in a void? Uh, It's, uh, he's doing the stage walk and that's a black curtain behind him. Okay. So dumb. (laughs) So dumb. All right. All right. Enough about the hand, but I guess we'll have to put that out with this episode. (laughs) Um, I'll take a pick. Take a pick. So... You don't have to take the pick now. I need it's, to do it right now. Okay. Are you ready? Fine. You're going to say your stuff? Okay. Yes, I'm going to say my stuff. So All right. Basically, that his tag team broke up at WrestleMania 3. We've talked a lot about WrestleMania 3. Uh-huh. Uh, one of the matches was uh, a hair match between Roddy Roddy Piper and the Adonis, I believe. And it was supposed to be Roddy Roddy Piper's last uh, last match ever. Okay. His retirement match. Ooh. Uh, because he was going off to film the classic movie, They Live. Ah. I need to watch that again. It's been a while. Came here to do two things. Kick ass and chew bubblegum. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Uh, so, <laughs> so, uh. He was he was leaving, but of course he came back. It wasn't his last match, but it was a hair match, and he beat this the the Adonis. And so, the guy that brought out the Clippers and the Razors and everything was uh, Brutus was the Barber? Brutus Bar or Brutus Beefcake at the right, time. Right, right. And so, 
he comes out and like Roger Robert Popper's like, no, you do it. And he's like, okay. And so he starts trying to cut his hair. They're using a rate, an electric razor and it's not working on this wet, sweaty hair. So they just get scissors and start cutting it and just like kind of cut his hair all weird. And right. Okay. And it, it was fine. The next day, uh, I guess Vince McMahon had a moment. They, they, <laughs> the next day they go, you're going to be the barber from now on. And they give him like, like a white jacket <laughs> now, a white jacket. And he's got little cutting shears. And then he's like, if you do look, I heard him talk about this. If you do look in his early pictures and I did, he's, doesn't look into it at all. He was annoyed. Didn't want to be known as the barber. Was like, ugh. <laughs> so, and then he would come out with the crowd, and like his whole thing was he was gonna cut your hair at the end of every match. Yeah, he would win and cut your hair. And they mostly had jobbers come right in, or local talent at first. And he would just, like, cut a little bit off the back, so it wasn't that noticeable. But sometimes he'd really mess it up, so people had to shave their head. <laughs> and I don't know, maybe... I wonder if that's a little bit of, like, a point of pride of, like... Could have been. I got to wrestle against uh, Brutus Beefcake, and, and now my hair is gone. Maybe. No, I look real weird now. <laughs> so he said, like, he would come out with the scissors, and it... They didn't really have a big stage like they do now in the in the 80s. They just kind of walked out of a tunnel. Yeah. And uh, he was like, you couldn't see it from the... They're worried about the guys in the nosebleeds all the time. That's where you got to play to. That's where... He's like, they couldn't see this, so he got hedge clippers. Like, he got hedge clippers that kind of looked like giant scissors. And yeah. they, had, uh, they had, like, the barber... Uh, the barber, like the barber pole, like, yeah, yeah, barber yeah. pole, yeah. On, on, on for the handles, and he was like just coming out doing that, and that was his thing. And then he got into the gimmick. He wouldn't use those on the people. He had actual scissors that he used, but because yeah. uh, that's just dangerous. <laughs> nope. I would have, I would have been concerned. But he had him in all of his. I'm Brutus the Barber Beefcake, yeah, and just had him in all his promos he wasn't that great at promos uh but i just think it was bad just because it was just so ridiculous that this is the barber and i that was probably one of the beginnings that was 87 that was probably one of the beginnings of everyone needs an occupation i'm sure there was other and i was totally into it because i was watching it on like saturday mornings and he'd come out and be like oh man he's gonna cut his head Yeah. yeah he's like that's I mean, it was real bad. He's gonna get his hair cut. And like yeah. that was. I remember being excited for that. But you know, because I, mean, I was little. I was little. Thing. You, yeah. Like, oh, they're gonna cut hair. If you have like a gimmick that something happens. Yeah. There's a real consequence. And, like he's gonna look real dumb for school photos after this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I I remember it, it. It's it's the weirdest thing. I remember sixth grade going to uh, my first ever wrestling show. Uh, was a live show, and uh, the kid that I went with and his mom were so excited to see. <laughs> oh, this is so weird, but to so ex- so excited to see the hoe train that came out with uh, <laughs> that came out with the Godfather. Right, right. Like he had a sign that said "Ooh, baby" on it for the Godfather, and it was like. And like now, looking back, like why were they so excited to see the hoe train come out? Like it was awesome. It was a fun. It, it was, was a fun, fun thing. And I and 
I was more excited. I, the Rock mesmerized me at that show. I've talked about it on here before. And Steve Austin as well, clashing two beers together and chugging them on the side of the ring. Yeah. Anyway, good show. <laughs> a thing I have now seen you do a few times. A few times. <laughs> A few times. A few. I'm not going to stop. <laughs> <laughs> this is an intervention. I'm jumping out the window. Kevin, we've gathered you here today. I'm jumping out He's the window. He's got two beers in his back pocket right Kevin, now. Kevin, don't. No, put away. Ah, my microphone. My microphone. <laughs> I'll never be a dentist now. Oh. I don't what? Know. What? does not said, having a microphone preclude you from dentistry? That almost the way the way I said it almost sounded sounded like the uh, the the elf from <laughs> the elf from it was a long my ADD is going crazy right now I'm sorry <laughs> ADD gone wild oh man um so going back Brutus the Barber Beefcake uh he actually got in a boat accident recently uh in the 90s this ended his oh, okay. career in a oh, okay. sense. I uh, got in a boat accident where like one boat was coming in hot or something and someone's knee just went into his face Fuck. and like hard at, you know, at, at a good miles per hour, right? Went into his face and like, he broke everything. Like, I don't want to get into the gritty details, but it no, was... I've seen pictures. I, if you were talking about that, I remember seeing pictures okay. of him. Like, yeah, it yeah. was really bad. It, it was really bad. So they now I'm they just only to... thinking of the name Botus the Boater Boat Cake. Well, he actually had to have Boat Cake. He he had to have a lot of surgeries and everything, and then they're like, "You're never gonna wrestle again." And he went to Vince McMahon. He's like, "Can't wrestle, but can I come back to do something?" And they're like, "Yeah, sure." So he comes I, back. He doesn't have, wrestle. Didn't he have like the neck brace thing on for a little bit? I or, don't think that was okay. Him, but I'm he comes back. In 93, this happened in 1990. Comes back in 93, comes out with the scissors, gets the crowd ready. And they kind of now have his own version of Piper's Pit. Okay. Uh, Piper's Pit was Roddy Roddy Piper. It was an interview section. And got like it got some characters over that way. So they're like, okay, we're going to have you do Brutus's barber shop. And they had people sit down in the barber chair. <laughs> and like yeah, they had yeah. – it was a barber. And there was – like some of the most famous, I know uh, Shawn Michaels did some stuff in there. Someone got thrown through the barbershop window. It like it was they they did some cool stuff. So that that was the positive at the end of that. Okay, I just said that was Bags's character. Oh, you liked it. I like I like the I like Brutus the Barber BK back in the day. We had to talk about Brutus. Yeah. All right. Let There's me so let me bees. breeze through the ugly. Okay. <sighs> so you were doing kind of like a good, bad, and ugly characters. Yeah, these are characters. No, okay. I'm sorry. I thought I said that. You did. I thought we were still doing current events, so no. I got confused. Brutus Barber Beefcake is not current. <laughs> the last thing I really saw him on besides that, uh, besides the thing I was talking about, the interview, was he was on an episode of, uh, oh, I forgot the show, Eric Andre's show. Which, of course, he didn't know what was going on. And he was just, like, there flexing and stuff. Oh, man. It was very weird. It was, like, the weirdest episode they ever did of that show. Anyway. Which is saying a lot. Which is saying a lot. I think that was the episode where they just continued the opening title sequence the entire time. (laughs) I think that was it. Anyway. 
Yes, uh, Brutus Barb Beefcake, that's the end. Moving on to the to ugly. The ugly. Oh. And I'm pulling this. Yeah. My people. My people are coming. Well, I don't. I wouldn't say that. Oh, um, they're ugly, right? This guy's name. He he wrestled from 2004 to 2005 for the WWE. So had just about a one year run. Short there. tenure. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, his name was Muhammad Hassan. Okay. And uh, he wrestled with a guy that kind of was his manager and kind of. Uh, Went back and forth. Whose name was? Uh, oh, I'm trying to find his name. Davari. I know his last name's Davari. He was on Lucha Underground for a little bit. He was in uh, TNA wrestling for a while, and he was also featured in the documentary Mansum by uh, uh, Morgan Spurlock. Ooh, interesting, because he is a hairy, hairy man, <laughs> and he has to shave a lot before he goes into the ring. Wow. I was very surprised of, of like like full body shave before he wrestles. So I was they like, just they just shear it's not a shave, it's a shearing. Pretty much. Hairy. He's a hairy, hairy man. Uh so yeah, we'll just call him Davari. So why this. is this why are the why are they ugly? What gives I think them, he's just saying in like uh terms of You're gonna hear why. What oh. what, the, what where the character would okay. fit if we had to slot like the characters into good characters, bad characters, and like ugly. They are heel Muslims. Okay. Well, already pretty bad. Already pretty already bad. Already pretty bad. Three years after 9 11. Yeah. Oh. Current war in Iraq. Yeah. Nice. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's definitely yeah. playing on Islamophobia um, um, entirely. So, entirely. Also, I was going to save this to the end, but. He's Italian. He's not right. Of course he 100% is. Hundred percent Italian. Of course he is. Davari is not. Okay. Davari is not, but he is. <laughs> Muhammad Hassan is. Uh, hundred percent Italian. Anyway, uh, they actually were starting to giving give him a push. He shows up and like, he's a young kid. He's his. He's kind of stealing stuff from the. Um, from the Iron Cheek a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. That makes uh, sense. It, it makes sense. Yeah. And they, they kind of wanted to just bring back the Sheik character. Now, I will say, the start of this character had almost positive attention. Almost. It was, I'm so angry and I'm so pissed. And basically, quote unquote, he didn't say this. I, I don't know why I quoted that, but... <laughs> Erase that. I'm sorry. Was the idea? I'm. I think I see what you're getting at. Of the it idea was, was like I'm mad because you guys look at me like I'm a yes. like I'm a bad guy. When okay. I'm, and and you guys prejudge me. And actually, funny enough, that's what uh, current WWE champion Jinder uh, Mahal is doing right now. He is saying, "Okay, well, I'm cheating, but." You guys look at me and my people like this. You're you're being racist and blah blah blah. Also, I'm gonna sidebar this. They just had a Jinder Mahal thing where he is coming out with like uh, uh, people playing instruments, uh, uh, like a, a big fanfare, if you will. Right. Yeah. Uh, Indian fanfare, which is I think is kind of cool. Uh, they brought out a lady to sing the national anthem for India. 
sweet little old lady. She's singing it and is getting straight booed. Oh, I felt so bad. Oh, and also was, like fuck those people. That's what I said, right? Like, but also, you can't here's the sit thing. and listen to the Indian national anthem for like three minutes. It wasn't set up to be cheered at the same time. Oh, of course not. They so were, that's what I kind of blame. It wasn't like they were there. Rise for this because it's like, guys, you now they like because in the ring one time. Uh, they had a foreigners versus American match on uh... <laughs> foreigners versus American. Yeah. <laughs> Which in my mind, I see actually American people who just look slightly different playing it. Chris Jericho and Kevin Owens were on the, the foreigners. foreigners. They were, they're from Canada. Yeah. And, and that's what I was going to say. The oh, see, I was that... seeing, I was actually going to see how many Can- Canadians were on the Americans team. Well, and, and the thing was, uh, Kevin Owens, like you're looking at the foreigners league, and you're like, mm, they're pretty good. I don't know because it, it was also a mix. Of, it was it was the weirdest thing, but uh, the only one that like went full heel with it, like while he was holding someone in a headlock or or holding someone in a submission move, was Chris Jericho starts singing "Oh Canada." Like yes, he did. Beating a guy going, yes, he, oh, Canada. Because Chris Jericho is a goddamn genius. He's, he's Chris Jericho's genius. amazing. He's a genius. He's a genius. We'll talk more about him because he just released a book, uh, his third book. That's pretty cool. His, yeah, his third book, and there's some cool things that came out of it. I really honestly just imagine him having three books full of just lists. No, that'd be great. <laughs> He just releases the list. That'd he just releases the list. That'd be an amazing list. way for him to grab And it's like a hundred pages like, each one. It's a, it's a Bible. It's a freaking brick of a book. It's a thousand pages. <laughs> what, one thing that they did say with this, with this book is that he like, he knows how to trick Vince McMahon somehow. Long story short, uh, uh, AJ Styles, his first program that he did in the WWE was with Chris Jericho. And he kept wanting to do the Styles Clash. Well, Vince McMahon heard from somewhere that someone broke their neck from a Styles Clash in Japan, so he banned the move. So he banned the move, and uh, so they couldn't. And like, it was kind of like, yeah, you. He told all the agents, don't let him do it. So they couldn't do it, and they're just like, he never talked to AJ Styles about it, mm-hmm. and he never talked to anyone about it, and. Uh, Chris Jericho said, hey, I want to do some stuff with this match. He, he goes, wouldn't it be cool if he kind of lifted me up on my, like, and my belly's down and he just slams me face first into the ground on like on my face? Wouldn't that be cool? He goes, yeah, that sounds awesome. Do that. And he goes, All right, we'll do it. And like... <laughs> And so he did it, and then when he heard the announcers go, it's a Styles Clash, he's like, oh. <laughs> he's like, oh, that, okay, that's it. And then, and then I guess he, he talked to, he talked to AJ about it, and he was like, okay, it's not that dangerous of a move, although Ellsworth almost died from it, but, uh, oh man, uh, Ellsworth didn't know how to take it. Oh. <laughs> but everyone else does, so that's fine. Uh, and he does have fail safes if if he sees someone's head is getting in the way. He knows how to like 
he lands on his knees instead of landing on his body so he can kind of like ease right anyway uh, i digress a lot because we're (laughs) going back we're going back to muhammad Hassan. okay okay so muhammad Hassan, uh he comes in and originally it's supposed to be you guys are looking at me different and then they just kind of take the turn for the worse they just turned him into a terrorist. Yes, they okay. did. Yep. <laughs> so he has a couple programs, and then most notably, he do he does have one at a WrestleMania with uh, Jesse comes out and Hulk Hogan, who's an old old man at this time and <laughs> has snorted more coke than I. Uh, I don't know Scarface at this time. Uh, as, as snorted more coke than Hulk Hogan. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. He's uh, just a, this old man. He just does a thing where like it's just one of those WrestleMania spots where he's talking, and then Hulk comes in and throws him out of the ring, and then tears his shirt off, and then all right, coming up next, it's this match. It's just one of those right legend spots, if you will. Right. right. Uh, they they still have those, but uh, they just do one of those, and that's the only time I've seen them on any WrestleMania, and that was it. Um, so, I think that was him. That could have been Davari. <laughs> no, let's just say it was him. Okay. Fair enough. It was him. Anyway, <laughs> it was him. So, him and Davari keep coming out during matches, and, and uh, he has a program with The Undertaker. And during one... Uh, He's supposed to fight. They're building up for a match at a pay-per-view with The Undertaker. And uh, and he, The Undertaker has a match with Davari. So Hassan is on the ramp, and he starts praying. Okay. He starts praying when he when uh, Undertaker gets him in the submission hole. Gates of Hell, I believe. Uh, so he starts play, praying. This is where it's ugly. Six men in ski masks come out and st- and start beating up the, uh, Undertaker. the Undertaker. Start beating up the Undertaker. I think one of them even has a billy club. Uh, they come out of nowhere, and Muhammad Hassan's just going, yes, yes, and they, they beat him, and then... Undertaker's left in the ring, and they raise, they carry out uh, Davari. That, it's rough to talk about. That yeah, I bet that that got that that solidified him in the heel category pretty hard. Like, well, here's what happened. Uh, at the time that was on SmackDown. At the time SmackDown was on UPN. UPN existed at that time. Right. Okay. <laughs> Which, for those of you that don't know, it's basically the CW now. Cool. Basically. Um, well, that's what it, UPN and WB merged to be merged. CW. Basically CW. So, and I think I think SmackDown was on CW for a little bit. Uh, and then... So let's get to over. the complaints. A lot of complaints <laughs> happen. <laughs> like, not only is it... Islamophobic, racist, all of that, but it's like it is conjuring up images of uh, uh, horror 
that the country's still at the time was still reeling from. Eh. Like yeah, that's I they should have they should have done it twice. They should have they should have <laughs> They should have done it a lot more. <laughs> Matt's leaning into his ugliness. I'm, I am leaning. I am definitely leaning into if they were gonna if they were gonna be like you know they're gonna go down that road. I mean it's it's the show. It's the show. And if if everybody was down for it, like like have them be the bad guy. Have them be the terrorist. I mean they they did that with so many other characters throughout the years. It's just it's such a fresh wound. Ah. Oh, by the way, uh, <laughs> the match ends with a. Uh, Hassan putting him in the in the camel clutch, which, okay. it, which is uh, one of which was one of Iron Sheik's move. I'm gonna talk about this real quick because I thought this was funny. I, from what I researched, um, Hassan was only 24 when this was going on, when all of this was going on when he was wrestling, and uh, his finishing move was the camel clutch. Well, uh, Eddie Guerrero was also using the camel clutch here and there. And so, Kurt Angle got in his got in Hassan's ear and was like, "Hey, I think he's being disrespectful to you. <laughs> being disrespectful to the business. That's your finishing move." And he's out there doing the camel clutch. Oh man! And he's like, "Yeah, he is." And so he went and said something to Eddie, and Eddie goes, "My dad invented the camel clutch." <laughs> and he goes. <laughs> like, yeah my dad invented the move and like he said there's a notorious eddie getting hot and angry on don't get on his bad side stories but it was more like you're an idiot <laughs> it right was more right like, young and but, young and go study yeah so <laughs> apparently he picked up an expensive bar tab and then that was kind of the end of the story and he might have had to go to wrestler's court for it uh We've talked about wrestlers. Corner. No, no. Okay, that's this the next sounds episode. like nope, that's a the next very okay, interesting. Yeah, bring next up, episode. We'll bring up wrestlers court next. Time. That's the next episode. Anyway, okay. we got to wrap this up real quick. We might not get to the good. <laughs> um, UPN said we don't want we don't even want Hassan on our next on the next episode for the next couple months. Man, or for the next month at least. They're like we're not going to air, and so. Vince McMahon did have uh, Hassan come out and like kind of they wrote some speech just saying what the situation was or something it just just kind of clearing things up but they wouldn't even air that and so they had to put it on WWE.com at the time and so that all kind of happened, and at the time, they were even thinking of having a big heel championship push. He was going to win the championship. Yeah. Um, but instead, they released him. See, that's the part. That's they the part did that. This. Yeah, right. that's the part that right. upsets me the most. Yeah. So, they, oh, hey, oh. WWE, stand behind your bullshit. Well, don't just throw this wrestler under the bus when you gave him this. Thing. This yeah. Now, I don't. I don't. I think it seemed. It seemed from what I read to be more of a mutual release. Well, I'm sure he didn't want to be like known as the bad guy forever in his life. Oh, that's. I mean, you, I mean, you you're you're. He's constant. So it's this new dude who's his first real thing is like generating a ton of like yeah. heat, like and legitimate heat that's probably getting into his life. Yeah. You know, I mean. Yeah. 
like, of course he was going to walk away from so, it. So he, he actually just, he said wrestling in general, he was just like, he was getting burnt out from it. And he was just like, this isn't my passion. I don't yeah. want to do this my whole life. And yeah. he just mutually, they're like, they couldn't agree on something. And he, they both decided to just part ways. And he retired from wrestling in general. He never wrestled for another company again. I'm sure, man. That was a really hard situation that yeah, they was. put him into. Um, like, you know what he is now? What, what's he doing now? He's a school principal. Hey, look at that. Oh, all right. Look at that. <laughs> That's nice. Good for him. His real name is Mark Julian Capani. Capani, yeah. He's Italian-American, which yes. like adds a whole other layer to this. 100%. I, that's what I said, 100% no. Italian. Uh, yes. So that's He's born the, in Syracuse. Uh, let's, let's go with a little bit of good. Okay. Before we end. What do you... No. I'll give you one more... No, the, the, the thing that really bugs me is that you know that, like, UPN was probably airing some reruns of, like, something where, like, uh, terrorists were attacking. Like, they're probably... I don't know. Was Burn really Notice on was then? No. Like, like that's the what? thing. Like, that, like, terrorists... It still took a few years for Middle East terrorists to kind of become, like, Hollywood's go-to bad people. Yeah, it did. I mean... Um, I just want to point out that the contra- the controversial thing that happened with the undertaker um was also on the 4th of July. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's magic. That's that magic is right magic. That's- so I forgot about that. Yes. So uh yeah, they just kind of turned him into this cartoony it terrorist. It was yes. by the way, so not only is it I think also adding to this was not only is it what a year and a half I know, because it was 2005, so it would have been like two and a half years after 9-11. Yeah. Three and a half years? I don't know, math. Um, It was literally three days before the London bombings. Yes, it's true. Before the what? London bombings. The London bombings. uh, Before the London bombings? They didn't know. No, but like, I'm sure, like, it didn't look good. Right. Because UPN did did re-air... They they did have a re-airing of them usually, and so they had to pull the re-airings. They didn't have to do that. They could have sucked it up and been big. That's the reason UPN got bought because they're a bunch of wimps. Hell yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're talking about a company that's no longer around. Okay, let's let's switch. We can yeah. talk about it all. Let's night. Do, is this the good? This is the good. Okay. Woo! Wait, Ric Flair? Yeah, baby. <laughs> Uh, I was preparing for this last time because Ric Flair uh, was in the hospital. Yeah. And apparently he's doing very good now. It got real yeah. rough. He was induced into coma, right? It wasn't looking good, but now he's looking real good. Cool. And uh, and they say he's conscious now. He was unconscious for a long time. They're saying he's conscious now and he's talking about he can't wait to come back, walk down the ramp. He's not gonna wrestle, of course. No, but, no. Right, but, you but like you said, he's one of those the, like he's like, on the sidelines a lot. Like he's, yeah, I saw him, him on the sidelines uh, in St. Louis. Here, yeah. he's got a lot of St. Louis stories, a lot of stories about pops. He loved his pops. Uh, <laughs> gotta have his pops. A lot of stories. He wrestled at the Chase, and like apparently uh, spent more than he made that night. Oh. Like, he came down to the bar at Chase and like was like, 
they go, hey, you got to pay your tab. He's like, yeah, yeah, what is it? It was like two grand or something like that in the in the 80s. Right. Like, how do you even do that? Like, early 80s. And, like, he, he just, like, went crazy here. Oh. And, like, the story about... The story about him going to Pops, like, it, he told this, I'll say this real quick. He told this at uh, his, he's a two-time Hall of Famer. Yeah. The second time he got inducted in the Hall of Fame was with the Four Horsemen. And uh, he gets inducted, and he goes, all right, I already did a speech. He goes, he said a couple things. He goes, last time I was here, I was married. I'm no longer married. <laughs> And then he goes, okay, I got a story. And his story was about, I went to St. Louis. I met up with Bob Orton and his son. And we went over to, he goes, we went over to a place across the river called Pops. And as the way our friend Sean explains, he goes, I believe everyone that knows it just puts their head down at that point. Like, "Uh uh-oh, this isn't ending good. (laughs) This isn't ending good. That's what Sean always told me. Uh he just kind of says, long story. He goes, we get there. We get there about about 2 a.m. Long story short, it's morning, and I'm handcuffed on the front of a <laughs> cop car. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of where the story ends. Yeah. But <laughs> it's like, yeah, this this all checks out. This yep. all- <laughs> <laughs> There's no other way that could have ended any yeah, differently. Yeah, this all checks out, yeah. Uh, so let's talk. Just I'm a no. Oh, I'm a briefly go over. Okay. This. I wanted to go over him more, but uh, uh, here's what I will say. Ric Flair. I I wanted to talk to him a lot because I I heard about his origin story more. This story starts. He was stolen from the hospital. <laughs> he was stolen from the hospital. This is in real life. His- yes. No, wait, this, is, this isn't his wrestling origin no. story. This is his real yes. life. <laughs> As a baby, he was stolen from the hospital. He doesn't know who his real parents are. He was in and out of, of orphanages his whole life and foster families and stuff like that. So wait, then who stole him? Who stole him? I don't know. The, here's the thing. Did an orphanage steal him to no. up their numbers? I, I really I really don't know the story <laughs> because he doesn't he doesn't get into it. He just says I just he goes out stolen from the hospital. If he got okay, so I'm just trying to break it down. So if he got stolen by a family that like we really want him, would have like, Oh, like, never mind. Yeah. He nope. just keeps he just keeps going and they were like, we want, we don't need any of this. We don't need a wooing so, baby. We can't we don't have a wooing baby in this house. Uh so he was stolen. He got he got uh he got adopted by a family when he was around eleven. Named the Flares. So okay, Flair spelled differently, more like Fleer, but uh, but yeah, or Flyer almost. But anyway, he uh he then was wasn't a good student and just kind of had a rough childhood, and then uh then he found wrestling and was inspired by a couple of people, was inspired by uh, the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes. Dusty Rhodes. Dusty Rhodes. And even wanted to change his last name to Rhodes and be the Rhodes Brothers. Oh. And Dusty Rhodes says, no, just do your own thing. And then he did. Uh, he became a massive superstar, one of the first massive superstars, uh, next to Hulk Hogan, I will say. And uh, he, he didn't do a shit ton of movies. 
No. No, he was actually out there doing the job. He was doing the job all the time. And he would even, he had no problem with actually doing the job, which is losing. Uh, Is that's what they call it, doing the job. Uh, So he had no problem with that, too. He, but he, when he was a champion, he almost kept putting himself in debt by, by acting the part, renting these limousines, renting these, uh, renting the, the, flying on these planes getting these shoes one of his most favorite things uh bill burr talks about this all the time is he he lifts his shoe up to some guy he goes my shoe costs more than your house and and bill burr said you know the reason that's funny is because it's probably true (laughs) (laughs) and like my shoe costs more than your house and he's wearing these Suits and he's like almost putting himself in debt, just living this character. Other thing that puts Ric Flair in debt, he likes to get married. <laughs> he likes he's he's Is got. It, are you sure you want to put this under the good category? <laughs> well, he it becomes good. Hey, okay. it's he loves a lot. He loves a lot. He likes to get married, and he's got a lot of alimony that he <laughs> pays for. Yeah, and child support. But I, all his children are much older at this point. But yeah, he's got a lot of alimony that he has to pay for. Uh, so. The good is he's a sixteen. He's the he holds, co-holds the record for most world championships in wrestling, uh, with sixteen world championships. Okay, uh, a lot of them were with uh, what became WCW, uh, and is now owned by the WWE. So that record is held by them as well. Sixteen world champions, and then he uh, and Cena just tied that right just recently so that and he likes Cena and he doesn't really mind that fact he's like yeah someone's gonna break it might as well be alive for it <laughs> you know that right thing. right I mean it's um, not really up to anybody yeah. it's the he was the man he 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 was one of the biggest wrestlers here's the thing he's a lot of people's favorite wrestlers because he could talk the talk and he could walk the walk he kind of had one match like he kind of had one match where he would get the guy in this move and then chop him a couple times and then do this, do this, and then just the ending would be the same. Yeah, or it would be different. Everything from point A to point B <laughs> was everything in between that was the, the same, same, but uh, B was different all the time. B could go either way, uh, <laughs> but he made it fun. Only, yeah, he made it fun and. Only to a keen eye would you be like, he's doing the same thing. That's that's what he always does. But sometimes you kind of like that too because, oh, he's going to get him. And then if the guy wins, like, how did that happen? He did that to him a month ago. and He, like, he didn't win then. He didn't win that. He won then. But yeah. He, yeah. So so he was – but he just – he had that natural charisma. He had that – he would just yell at people. He could be a heel. He could be a, a good guy. Uh, it would go both ways. He was a member of the Four Horsemen, which it was just this powerhouse faction that uh, all those guys were just awesome. Uh, and he just was just this big talker and this big like. Uh, all I remember yeah. from Ric Flair is that he's the Nature Boy. He's the Nature Boy. He's he the actually nature stole boy. that gimmick. <laughs> Did he steal that? Yeah, it was someone else's gimmick, and they're just like, "Yeah, you're the hey, new Nature Boy. You I'm Nature of this. I'm Nature Boy now." 
Yeah, I'm the nature boy. I'm gonna wear some some fluffy from some fluffy clothes and yeah. walk out and be the nature boy. And then uh, to to end this, he actually came over to the WWE for a little bit. Came over with the championship, uh, WCW championship, because <laughs> back then you had to put a twenty five grand deposit on it if anything happened to it. And so he moved. He was moving over. He told them, "Yeah, I'm I'm moving over to WWE." And they go, "Okay, well we need that. We need that back." He goes, "All right, give me my twenty five grand. You can come get it." And they go, "Oh." <laughs> so, so they didn't have it. Uh, so he comes over with this belt. Legally, they can't show the belt on TV, so it's blurred out. <laughs> and. Like pixelated, blurred. Like think of cops in the early. 90s. Right, right. We're not talking about like a blurry blur. We're, we're just like a pixelated. We're talking about Japanese porn. That's what we're talking about. Okay. Here. Yeah. Listen, I know I what mean, I'm talking about. I don't. Oh well, <laughs> trust me. Go look it up. So that's so your homework. He, is he go over, look up Japanese porn. He comes over for a year. For some reason, the big the big match that everyone wants to see is Hulk Hogan versus Ric Flair at WrestleMania. That somehow never happens. No one really knows why. Um, they do make Ric Flair the champion there, though. Uh, he won a Royal Rumble for a championship, and he came in at number two and like lasted that long. Uh, so they built him for success, but he just wasn't wasn't digging it and went back over to WCW because he was getting more creative control over there, uh, and stayed there until it got bought out by WWE. He was kind of already done wrestling at that point. Right. <laughs> but he's like, ah, this again. He was kind of already done wrestling at that point, but they brought him in and then he was like, he got in the ring to do something. He's like, I want to wrestle another match. So he wrestled another match and then he was like, I just want to keep wrestling. <laughs> and like, he's like 50 at this point. He's in his fifties right. at this point, And he's, they put him as in a faction with, uh, Triple H puts him in a faction with himself, and they call it Evolution. It's it's Ric Flair, Triple H, uh, and then two newer guys at the time, Randy Orton and Batista, and uh, they become this big thing. And like he's basically the guy that because it's a faction and they're bad guys. Uh, when Randy Orton wins the world championship, he's the guy that helps him cheat. Right, and like that's kind of it. Uh, it was, it was pretty cool that he was a member of this four man faction again, and they were bringing up new guys that could really do something. Uh, he and then he wrestled his last match at WrestleMania 24 against Shawn Michaels, which I at least look at the clip of how that match ends. <laughs> it's pretty cool because <laughs> it was one of those loser leaf. It was a loser's leave town match, and everyone right. was pretty sure, okay, Shawn Michaels isn't going to leave town. Everyone knew what was going to happen, but uh, basically it's a beautiful story in the ring that's being told because they built it the right way, like, I'll send you home, I don't care, and whatever, all that stuff. Uh, Shawn Michaels' finishing move is sweet chin music. He gets in the corner. He starts, he starts stomping, and... He starts stomping, and then after like the fourth stomp, he lean. He starts jumping forward and kicks the guy in the face, and that's his finishing move. 
uh, kicks the guy in the face, uh, super kicks him in the face, and then he goes down. Uh, so he starts doing that, and Ric Flair's just standing there in the daze, and Shawn Michaels just mouths, I'm sorry. <laughs> and it's very sad, and it's very oh. touching. You just, you just see him mouth, I'm sorry, and he kicks him. <laughs> and the second he goes down, Ric Flair just starts crying. Oh man! Like, oh no! Because this is his his last match. Right. Swan song. This right. is he just starts crying, and and they give him the one, two, three, and that's it. And they give him a big praise the next day. All the whole locker room comes out, and it's a very sweet, touching thing. He then goes to TNA and wrestles again, but. <laughs> <laughs> Did I mention he got divorced again? Yeah, that, yeah, was, that ne- was why. I needed the money. He he did. <laughs> he did. It wasn't really his last match. In the WWE, it was. And that's, it, in the way their history books go, that's going to be it. Right. But right. The way everyone else knows. It was very touching, though. Please look up that moment. It's a uh. very touching moment. That's nice. I love nice. it. You can't keep him. Do- you can't keep a man down when he, he loves doing something, and also when he needs to pay alimony. Alimony. <laughs> <laughs> they now have him on Legends contract, and he he signs stuff for them, and they also, I think I believe he, yeah he, he, well he was basically a manager or a valet for his daughter when she right. Was. And his yeah. daughter is one of the best women's wrestlers there is right now. Uh, so, yeah. Awesome. That's, that's it. Thank you. Uh, Handy says, good job. Handy, have a good day. Hey guys, if you uh, like this podcast, please let us know. Uh, Subscribe on iTunes. Also, you can like our Facebook page. Go to Facebook and type in Tales from the Kayfabe. Uh, Tell us what you think of the show. All that good stuff. Also helps uh, if you leave like a comment and a a five-star rating on iTunes. And and your picture. And your home address. And 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 your your social security number. Your VIN number. Your mother's maiden name. And blood type. Thank you. Bye.